Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Where were you on 9-11? 20 years ago yesterday. Some of you remember that day very well. We'll never forget where you were, what you were doing, the first images you saw. Living through that day and the sad and difficult days following. For some of you, those events took place in cities far away from where you lived, distant. For others, it was very close in your backyard. Some of you can't answer that question because you weren't even born yet. Or if you were too young to remember No matter, you've been affected too. 9-11 has affected us all from the wars fought since then, the lives lost then and since, the extra security we've had to live with since that day. 9-11 was a dark day. But we sang today, praise the one who breaks The darkness, that darkness, your darkness, all darkness. Praise, that is confess, that is tell everyone what Jesus did to the darkness and all the powers of darkness. He broke them. They seek to break you. He broke them They seek to subdue you. Jesus subdued them. They seek to rob you of all hope. Jesus came to give you all hope. And he did so by coming and entering our darkness. He didn't just shout advice from heaven, from afar, a divine pep talk, a spiritual rooting section. He came down into this darkness and conquered it. He conquered the darkness by allowing the darkness to engulf him. He dies. He dies in darkness. The sun would not shine on Jesus on the cross. And yet in such deep darkness, the light of his love and mercy never shone so brightly. That our God would do this for us, for you. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, the praise of the one who broke the darkness, the darkness of sin, the darkness of death, the darkness of hell, went out into all the world, shining the light of his forgiveness, life, and salvation to all people. Jesus gave us a foretaste of this victory in the story we heard today in the gospel. For the Father in this story, this was just the latest in a string, a long string of dark days. For his son had a spirit, an evil spirit, a demon, and apparently 
for quite some time. It convulsed him. It threw him into fire and water. It disabled him. And the father had to watch his son suffer like this. Fathers are supposed to help their children, protect them, and provide for them. Yet what could he do? He was helpless. No mention is made of a mother, his wife. Perhaps she had already been taken from them, making this darkness even deeper. His wife taken, his son taken. He would gladly have traded places, suffered the affliction himself to set his son free. The very thing actually Jesus had come to do for us. But not only this father's darkness, but this too. What about the boy's darkness? What was he forced to go through each day? Did he have good days and bad days? Was he even aware of what was going on? Did the good days make the bad days that much worse? Dreading when they would come? Did he live in fear? Did he beg his father for help? Did he wish to die so that he could be free from this torment? This was deep darkness for the sun as well. And then what about the crowd? Were they not in darkness too? Surely they feared the darkness, the power of what they witnessed and feared that it could happen to them or to one of their loved ones. And the scribes, they just made it worse, sowing the seeds of doubt and confusion. And instead of bringing the clarity of God's word, they argued with the disciples in the crowd. It was into this darkness that Jesus stepped that day. He had just been transfigured. That moment of him shining like the sun and talking with Moses and Elijah. And while that was happening up there, this was happening down here. Was the devil flexing his muscles while Jesus was preoccupied in his glory? Well, yes and no. The devil may have been flexing his muscles, but Jesus was not preoccupied. This is exactly what he had been talking to Moses and Elijah about in his transfiguration. He was coming to break the darkness, this darkness, with his exodus, with his death and resurrection. They talked about how he would be the sun destroyed to set us free, taking our affliction from us to free us to be sons of God. They talked about how he had been cast into the waters of baptism to be cast into the fire of God's wrath. To have compassion on us. To help us. This darkness saddened him even more than the Father, the Son, and the crowd. So he came to break it. He came down from heaven. He came down from the transfiguration. He went all the way down to the darkness of death and the grave. The disciples couldn't do it. 
They had cast out demons before in the name of Jesus and with his authority, but this one they could not. We're not told why. Was this some kind of super demon? Did they forget how? Or was this too to teach us that ultimately there is only one who can break the darkness? Only one who could die and rise. Only one who could crush the serpent's head. Well, the father turns to him. That's good. That's faith. But he's not sure. Would Jesus have compassion? Would Jesus help? Could Jesus Those are your questions too, aren't they? In your darkness, for you're in it too. What is it for you? What is your darkness? Is it some sin committed against you that has plunged you into the darkness of despair or hate or hurt? Is it some sin that possesses you, that you can't seem to shake? Is it a broken home, a broken marriage, a broken friendship? Is it doubt? Is it uncertainty? Is it a sickness that has burdened you for a long time? Is it persecution? Is it fear? Fear born of some tragedy or some other kind of fear? Fear, maybe not even for yourself, but like this father, for your children. For these days, what are they learning in school? What is their future? What is going to happen next in our culture and society? Will they marry? Will they remain faithful? What is it for you? What is your darkness? Even if others think it nothing, it's something for you. And more than something. And all those questions. Will Jesus have compassion? Will Jesus help? Could Jesus? Deep darkness. Or go back to 9-11. How about the darkness of that day that endures? The darkness of the anger, bitterness, and hurt of those who lost loved ones that day. The darkness that holds fast to their hearts. Can they forgive what happened that day? Or will these demons continue to make them foam at the mouth in rage? Or drown them in hurt and despair? Or burn them up with a fire of anger and resentment? Can they forgive? Can they let it go? Can you forgive? Is there healing from the darkness? It may not seem possible. The darkness seems so powerful, so deep, so wide, so high, so overwhelming. The Father didn't know. So Jesus, if you can, if You can. This is the very reason Jesus was standing before him. 
This is the very reason why God came in the flesh to have compassion and to help to break the darkness with the light of his love, forgiveness, and mercy. All things are possible for one who believes because one who believes has Jesus. I believe, the Father cried out. Help my unbelief. We cry that out too. We who believe, we who confess, we who trust and yet struggle too. All those questions, will he, can he, for me? Well, what did Jesus do? He spoke and set the boy free. And that's exactly what he does here as well for you. He speaks and sets you free. He speaks forgiveness to free you from your past, from all your sins. He speaks promises to free you from your doubt. He speaks comfort to free you from your despair. He speaks truth to speak you from your to free you from your confusion. He speaks encouragement. He speaks faithfulness to strengthen you in your weakness. He speaks. And his spirit comes through those words to work in your hearts the faith and hope you need. Because as long as you live in this world, you will both believe and not believe. Not what you probably wanted to hear, I know. But you will not be free from your sinful, fallen, unbelieving flesh until you die and join Jesus in his resurrection. That's the promise of your baptism. And then there will be no more unbelief, no more sin, no more darkness. Only joy, peace, light, and life. But until that day, Jesus does in fact have compassion and is here to help, to break the unrelenting darkness, to comfort your accused and terrified mind and conscience, and to raise you to life now and forever through his word. His word made flesh and his word proclaimed. The two always go together. The mistake you see some people make today is that they want Jesus without his word because, well, they like Jesus, but they don't really like what he said in his word. The scriptures. But that's not how it works. The two always go together. The word made flesh and the word proclaimed go together. And it is that word that broke and is still breaking the darkness. Interestingly, after Jesus spoke and set the boy free from this unclean spirit, the boy looked dead. He wasn't, though. And maybe where the word is spoken today, it seems dead. That the church is dying, that the word isn't working, but it is not so. Do not be deceived. The boy was alive and the church is alive and the word is working. Believe the words and promises of God and rely on them. The words of baptism which say you are a child of God and you are. 
the words of the absolution that say all your sins are forgiven, and they are. The words of the supper, which feeds you with the bread of life himself. Words that are sure and solid and steadfast and reliable. So don't be like the scribes. Don't argue about what you think or what seems to you. That only brings more darkness. The word alone brings light and clarity and peace. And this too, pray. Wasn't that an interesting addition Jesus made at the end of this story? That this kind, this kind of darkness is only driven out by prayer. So as we live in this darkness, pray. Pray for those who are stuck in their own darknesses. Pray for those who have trouble forgiving. Pray for those who are doubting and struggling. Pray for those who are in the darkness of habitual sin. Pray for our culture and our society. Pray for our leaders, both in the church and in the state. Pray for Jesus to come again and to shatter the darkness once and for all. For like the disciples, you can't do it. But Jesus can. And did. And does. And will. So, where were you on 9-11? I don't know the answer for all of you, but this I know. Jesus was on his throne. We may not understand why this happened, why the darkness was so deep that day, why evil continues still today, even in us and to us and from us. But the death and resurrection of Jesus means the darkness cannot win. And that the day of resurrection is coming. That your sin is forgiven and you have a life that death cannot end. And as deep as the darkness may get here, whatever it is for you cannot change that. So praise the one who breaks the darkness. Praise. That is, confess. That is, proclaim his death. Rejoice in his resurrection. And rejoice in his forgiveness. And live in hope as you come and receive his victorious body and blood. As he comes here, down here into your darkness and gives you his victory. The darkness did its worst and it lost. The victory belongs to Jesus then, now, and forever. So what is your darkness? Lord, I believe I do. I really do. I do. Help my unbelief. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.